What's good? What's good? What's good? Robin E. here on a brand new episode. As always, appreciate y'all for tuning in. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, streaming on all major platforms, and of course, the YouTube Robin E. Vet. Bringing y'all another live interview. Shout out to all the guests, man. I am getting into the hundreds realms right now with my guests on the show and interviews so shout out to y'all for reaching out booking these interviews people been going brazy so i feel very blessed and honored to be able to keep giving y'all uh this content and for people to want to keep being on the show i think like people always be scared and then they get on the show and they be like oh shit this dope you know what i'm saying like disclaimer i would never make you uncomfortable on my show i would never say something or ask you something that would make you uncomfortable okay if i did you have all the right to say bitch i'm uncomfortable i don't want to talk about that what i'm gonna say no just letting you know just putting that out there in case anybody's scared business owners tap in with me i do have some new live business episodes coming up as well so make sure y'all tap in This interview right here with an amazing business owner, Quincy, all right, the owner of Q's Place, a major spot here uh, where I am from in Lake County in Zion. And he has been doing his thing for about the past three years now, um, from going to just a place that was open to having some of the best wings in Lake County to the drinks to the atmosphere. Q's Place really has become a staple in Zion, black owned business amazing man that has so many talents and so much wisdom it's almost like he lived multiple lives and for him to be in this position right now and want to do more and expand and evolve it's just inspiring um and very detailed to listen to take a moment to check out my boy quincy keep listening new episode dropping right now oh and if you go there and get them wings tell him i sent you Oh yeah, we official. We official like a whistle. So I need to talk in this or this just picks up? No, it's going to pick up. Okay. You're loud talking as well, so. (laughs) Try to use my deep voice. (laughs) My deep voice. In the words of Kwame Brown, use your I'm a man voice. (laughs) (laughs) You said I'm a man. (laughs) Have you seen that stuff with him? Kwame Brown? Oh, it's the best stuff ever. Oh, it's the best stuff ever. No. Man. I don't know what that is. Uh, I'm late. I'll give you a little, what's a little. So, in 02, he was the number one pick in the NBA draft by Michael Jordan. So, it didn't quite go well. Some people say, you know, Jordan bullied him and things like that. But, like, everybody in the media was all on Jordan's side. Mm. So they went out there and it's like worst person, worst basketball player ever. Like Kwame's a bust. He's a this, he's a that. And of course he knows he can't go against the great Michael Jordan. Mm. So he says nothing for 20 years. What? 
somebody called him a bus or um the number one sports podcast right now um all the smoke the two watch calls called him a bus and they kind of made fun of him that i guess nobody knew that this dude is super funny what? they didn't know he's super intelligent he gets on he says or first he he's because he used to be teammates with uh, one of the guys on the thing he sent them a thing say hey I just want an apology, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all got my name out here bad. I'm a man, but you know what I'm saying? Wanted an apology. They got tough with him, you know what I'm saying? Because Matt Barnes and Stack are considered tough guys. Okay. And then he said again, you know what I'm saying? Okay, I'll let that slide. Just don't bring me up again. Their next podcast, they say something slick about him. So he says, okay. I'm going on this thing called YouTube, like he ain't even watch call it in about 20 minutes, and I'm putting everybody on blast. <laughs> when I say he starts going off on people, he goes off on everybody. Like everybody, like the the hypocrisies of them, what they did. He's, yeah. he's about to get watch call, probably cancel. Charlemagne the God, he's probably <laughs> yeah. gonna get canceled. Charlemagne the God probably has about a month left on the radio. Because he keeps Where on talking. Where the hell was I? At? I missed all of this. He keeps on talking about his rape case and how he raped the girl, and you know what I'm saying. And oh man, like and he just started talking about how all those dudes, all they do is make money off of bringing black men down, and you know what I'm saying. Like he was like, we had a time in the world right now where white guys really can't say much about black dudes. Then they give y'all a couple of dollars so y'all get on TV and y'all the one who open it up for them to be able to say they little slick stuff afterwards. He's mm, like, no. Mm. And he just goes after it where you just like, he called Matt Barnes, Becky with the good hair. Um, <laughs> he calls Stack a 45-year-old gangbanger. Like it is, he called Stephen A. Smith. Then the here's the best part about it. They're all supposed to be tough guys. But Kwame is like, country big and strong mm. so he was like we can't go to portland where you can have open combat and settle it that way as well <laughs> and everybody's just like man nobody want that smoke <laughs> nobody want that smoke with dude seven foot 275 pounds what? nobody ain't trying to he can move a little bit like he might not be able to put a ball in the hoop but like and he just be telling him he's like come on becky i'll jump on you like a trampoline <laughs> so i was just like like he went from 4,000 subscribers to 500,000 in a week and a half. It's the craziest stuff ever. And he just talks about air, like from if you said anything about him, it's like 20 years worth of build up. Oh, hell no. I'm dead. He said, yeah. I am a man. I am Yeah, a man. that's what he come on saying. He said, I got a 16 year old. And y'all, he was like, I bought my mama a house at 17 on the golf course. And y'all talking about I'm a bus. So I played in the league 13 years, made $80 million, and I'm a bus. <laughs> Okay, because now you just schooled me and something. Uh, definitely going to have to. I'm going to have to research. Oh, yeah, you just look at, just put Kwame Brown in and you know something. And now, like, his stuff is blown up so much, he does something daily that everybody because he's a, you know, like he's a country boy. He's driving he got, that truck. Yeah. Okay. yeah. See, now, see, I done seen clips of the truck. He's uh, yeah. driving the truck, not even knowing the whole situation yeah. is going on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's good, everybody? Robin E. here in the building on a brand new episode of Pillow Talk. My guest was just dropping me on some knowledge here real quick. He had to school me on something because I wasn't aware of it. So he's putting me on something quick. I got to go do some homework now when I leave. <laughs> uh, 
But I appreciate you for coming in the building. I have the owner here of Q Place. Yeah. How are you doing? <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I have no no problems. No problems. Life is good. I must say. You said, uh, what did you say? You have the love for self right now? Yeah, like, well, what you call it? You like got to learn how to live with yourself. I like that. Very, very constitutional of you to say that. Yeah. I like that. But no, I appreciate you for sliding on Pillow Talk Podcast. So uh, for those that don't know, to me, and probably to a lot of other people's Q Place is a very prominent place here in Lake County. Are you actually from Lake County? Oh, yes, I am. Zion. I'm from, I literally have lived in Zion my whole entire life. Uh, I actually have the same house we grew up in. So oh, we just, yeah, we just oh. kind of, it went from my parents and then they, they wanted to move and I did not want to move. So it was kind of like one of those things where I was like, I guess I'll buy the house. So yeah. I ended up buying the house and Still on 28th and Gilead. Love the place. Nice. Oh, okay. Just keep it in the family. Yeah, yeah. Keep like, it in the family. I like that. When did you buy the house? When you uh, this had to be oh one, so a long time ago. That kind of dates me a little bit, but like, yeah. That's okay. I want to say no oh one. My my parents they decided they wanted to move. They wanted a little bit more land that type of thing so and they're retired and stuff they they deserved it so they ended up moving and i was just like 21 at the time so oh they didn't fall when he was 21 yeah so i was like i don't want to at that time i was thinking like who wants to still live with their parents so i was just like i guess i'm gonna buy the house and it was a good time at the house for a while i must say them Time yeah, yeah. it was a good time like cause, you know when you it's different when you live with your parents growing up and stuff you only have so much room that when you do finally buy a house you realize that every room is yours so you can do whatever so granted like if i could go back i'll like change some stuff like i didn't mean to turn the living room into like a gaming room where it was pool tables and tvs and stuff in the living room like uh things of that nature kind of turned the kitchen into like a open beer pong type oh, <laughs> stuff okay. like it was, it was the spot yeah it, it, it was you know but that's when you're a little bit younger and you're, mm -hmm. you're searching for that good time all the time so like that was my first time realizing like like you could actually you know when you be like, man, if you buy it, you can do whatever you want to with it. Mm -hmm. Used to drive my mom crazy when she came over to visit, though. She'll just She's like, what uh, is going on? Over yeah, here? she was like, can I get a couch somewhere? <laughs> and I just yeah, realized, you couches. Which, 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 no, which chairs? I don't know. It was like it was like a sports bar. <laughs> in the crib. In the in the crib. It was a, I turned the living room. Any, so. any. Yeah, like uh, Jordan was all over the place at the time. Kobe, I was a big Kobe Bryant fan. You know. Like pictures of that. It looked like you're a small version of a sports bar when you came in. So you was already envisioning that type of persona. I just, you know, like it was nothing else to really do, you know, at the time. But I just thought about it. It was like, hey, I love to have a pool table in the middle of the living room. Like, why the pool table got to go in the basement? What the pool table do? <laughs> we need it up here. Right. I want it, I want oh, it right there. Though. To do that at 21, that's a big responsibility, but you knocked that out. No, nah, it wasn't too much a responsibility. It was just, you know, mm -hmm. 
if you think about it, you got to pay rent anyway. That's true. So, and rent is usually what people don't understand if you in the right place where taxes aren't killing you. Rent is more than a mortgage usually. Mm. It adds up. Yeah, like you, you think right now, I'm in the middle of renting a few properties. You rent the property for uh, more money than what your mortgage is all the time. So, well, most places that you're renting for that 13, 14, they're only paying a thousand dollars probably for, for the mortgage because they got to make a little something and they got to have something for when things break. So you think about that type of stuff, if you grab the right place and granted, I wasn't taxed so much on it because it was my parents' house. So uh, I pretty much got away with my down payment being almost close to nothing. Like I had to pay the down payment because the bank wants it, but what you can get away more with family is selling to family. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. No, that's a nice lesson though for people to know. Definitely too. At a younger age, definitely pay more. I want a house eventually, so you need to get on that. And one of my things is my dad was. like they could have moved a long time ago, but he was real big. And the reason I stay pretty much in the same community, he was real big on continue, no matter how well you do to continue to live in the community you, you were raised in. So like no matter how many raises they got or how well my mom did, they still wanted to be in the same community until it was time to retire, you know, and then once they retired and wanted a little bit more land, of course, they had to go find the land to, to live on. But he was real big on, he, he always wanted to be in his neighborhood. Like you buy local from the people in your neighborhood, the things like that to make your neighborhood better. Like, you, you know, your neighbors, you talk to your neighbors those type of things and we were raised on that you know what i'm saying like we were raised on just because you do better you don't just fly out somewhere and just be like oh now they go to the school or whatever my dad's idea was hey everybody gonna graduate from the same school <laughs> you know like like okay. that type of thing I like that. I like that. so have you always had a vision of wanting to have your own business then oh uh, not really I, I i grew up with the idea that uh, mostly everything I did was sports. To this day, I still I still coach sports. I still do uh, for a few people. I do lessons. I do individual stuff when I have time. I still, like I said, still coach in college. Uh, so it's basketball, football. Yeah, basketball, basketball. I do a little football. I dabble in football a little bit, but mainly on more of the high school level, where it's more of just like building character than it is X and O's and things of that nature. Like, because football is the one sport where you're literally giving up your body. And there's so many lessons that can be learned on just being able to get a team to all be on the same page because they're giving up the ultimate sacrifice, their body, to play that sport. Mm -hmm. Some sports you can play, like, for instance, basketball. If you're real good, you're real good. You can get away with some stuff. And football, uh Ain't no getting away with it. Like it, it is what it is. You you can be real good. You're still gonna get dinged. And you know, like even if you're the monster that's doing all the dinging, two or three times a year, you're gonna get hit where you got to get up and say, "Man, what just happened?" Right. Uh, like and to get people to 
to get young men to be able to sacrifice that and still be able to give up for the team. That's a lot in just learning people, learning, you know, and then you're giving as a coach, you're giving up your stuff. You give up a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of like during football season, you'll see those kids more than you'll see your significant other. Mm. So you, you got to think about like what kind of sacrifices the coaches make too. That's why you will never see me really like downing coaches that don't make a lot of money, like, okay. like high school coaches and stuff. Now I might say something, but NBA coach, you, you make 3 million a year. Somebody can say something, you know what I'm saying? Like that's part of the gig, a, a big time college coach, you make millions a year. That's part of the gig. But I really respect the heck out of, high school coaches who are giving up, you know, time, energy, mental health. Like, it's hard to go through a week of planning and everything, and then you end up losing. You feel horrible. So, like, for those high school coaches, I salute them. And, like, no matter what their record is, I really respect what they do for, like, just their community and the kids that they work with. It sounds like you should be more so pursuing that than the cute place. You seem very passionate about that. Well, well, I do. Yeah, like I'm like, like I said, it's been I've been as soon as I I came home from as soon as I put my eye on that schooling was not going to be me. I really made that big effort to make sure that, you know, like, just because I didn't feel like the return of school was was worth the juice I was going to squeeze for the four years. Okay. Like, even to this day, even though I do coach uh, in college, it's hard for me to tell people who, a family whose income, uh, let's just put it at, a hundred and fifty thousand a year, which isn't bad. Like you can make things happen if your household income is a hundred and fifty thousand a year. For me to tell you, tell them, let's put a hundred and twenty thousand in loans and grants and pulling this out, pulling that out. Let's put that towards four years of education. And your kid is going to, if your kid wants to be a teacher or something like that, which is great. The return of, we just spent 120000 to make thirty, forty thousand a year. That just never made sense to me. Like the, the return of the money that you can do after school. Now, granted, you can find cheaper schools. It's hard. You can do that type of thing. But I think it has to be, it has to be looked at somewhat in the budget of can we afford this? Because you you hear all the time, like people always talk about, like, man, I only did one year of school and I got 35000 in student loans. We're like, well, so you, you didn't get a degree. You had thirty five in the hole for some reason. <laughs> and we're trying to scramble. And then when you try to go back and do something more affordable, that 35000 hits you in the face again. And you end up in that circle of... So at, at a very early, like I want to say my first two weeks in the school, 
I told my mom, I said, I'll pay for this semester. And she was like, no, I have money to, for you to go anywhere you want. Like I've saved for this and things of that nature. I was just like, let's just put all that on hold. Whatever money you saved for me to go to school, that's yours. <laughs> do whatever you need to do. I'll come back home and, you know, we'll figure it out from there. Okay. Okay. So when uh, did you open Q's Playboy? Uh, actually, three years ago. Uh, three years ago. Uh, my mom, I was doing decent with just training, mm -hmm. doing training in the, the suburbs, things of that, and coaching, like those two things were paying me enough where I was happy with where I was at and, and everything. And then my mom, she came home and, or I went to go visit my mom and she was just like, uh, you know, Q, like you used to be a little bit more community based. I was like, yeah, yeah, I understand that. And she was like, it just doesn't seem, she didn't feel like it seemed like I did as much community stuff as I did 10 years ago. And she was like, I don't know if it's that you coach in college now or you just don't have the time or you're at a different place. She was like, I just seen, it just seems like your coaching doesn't have the effect that it used to. And I said, yeah, that's, a fair assessment, you know, like I was like, life kind of hits you and things like that. So I was like, well, what would you want me to do? And she was just like, maybe, you know, get a community team. And I was like, uh, it seems that we have enough of that. Mm -hmm. Like we have enough people that can tell their basketball story and that can help kids mm -hmm. through basketball. Okay. I was like, probably from what I say from when I substitute teach and things of that nature is I always say that probably the best thing you can do as a community person is show the kids what they can do in the community. Like it's easy to say, hey, this is what you should do. But if a kid actually sees you do it, they can put it together. Like one of my biggest arguments at, uh, at the board beatings at Zion Bitten is like, I say, I look at your staff and if I had to ask a freshman or sophomore, African-American or Hispanic kid, do they believe they could be a teacher? They will probably have to say no because they've never been taught by uh, African-American or Hispanic. They they might tell you they can be a dean, they might tell you they can be a hall monitor, they can tell you they can do all the discipline stuff, but you guys don't they don't have the representation of anybody they can look and say Mister such and such. So when Hughes was kind of came about, I I wanted to get make sure that I was giving at least eight to fifteen people a job because we need money kind of helps the community go around. And I wanted to do my part where kids can say like, hey, I can be an owner of a restaurant and I don't need to have like these special talents that sometimes that come along when you see African-Americans and minorities actually become business owners. It's like, well, he was in the NBA and then he owns what you call it. Or he was uh, like, well, you can actually just be normal from 2812 in Gilead. And if you put your mind to it, 
Now, is it some hard work and sacrifice that come along with it? Yes, it's, it's a lot of hard work and sacrifice. And am I blessed that, that I was raised by two great parents that not only were teachers, but they like showed the way of how you do do things. Like my father is a very hard, stern man that will really just show you the way. Some people will say he's probably mean or probably was very, very mean. But on the other hand, I had my mom who would be more of the, she explains to me why he does what he does and it makes all sense and it all comes together and it makes me want to listen to them. It makes me want when they come and check me and say, when my mom checks me and say, I want you to do more community, I'm willing to listen to it because you've been explaining this stuff your whole life to me. So That's deep. I like that, though. I always love when there's a, another meaning to why people do stuff. I mean, obviously you have a thousand, but I know you have a decent community like that, you know, going back as far as your family. That's very Yeah, yeah. We, that's very we've been... I people, love that. People will tell you I probably love Zion a little bit more than I should. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite thing about Zion? Oh, uh, yeah. My, one thing. Well, the, the one thing that's probably my favorite thing about Zion is Pizza House. Now, you ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie to you. Pizza House is I ain't gonna lie to you. I done definitely made that drive a couple times yeah. for some damn pizza and them fries. Yeah. And when I was eating meat, that Italian beef fries, yes, too. Yes, Italian beef is great. <laughs> like, I hate that now that I'm a little bit older, I have to start dieting and I can't <laughs> eat it the way I used to. But, man, like, I get in arguments with people all the time about Pizza House having the best pizza in America. But I, I, I argue this point <laughs> all the time. Oh, in America. <laughs> in America. I have not been. I have not been anywhere in Chicago. And I've been everywhere. I know Chicago, no New York, no, yeah, all that. You're deep, deep no, just give me the nice, thin <laughs> no, <laughs> sausage pizza from Pizza House. And I'm straight. Uh, I'm good. I'm good with whatever you, you got. You said, you said in America. No, you ain't never lied. That pizza is good. And it's definitely some of the best pizza for me in yeah. Illinois, for sure. Yeah. And I say that, and I'm a business, or I'm a restaurant owner. That's, okay, right, that's, or something uh, else. So you honest? Yeah. Well, what I'm gonna say, if it wasn't a food thing, like the one thing that I really loved about Zion and the community was it's a place called the Leisure Center, um, the Herman Park Leisure Center, and I believe that it's not so much a homestay like it was when I was growing up. But man, to be able to go there and, you know, on one side of the court, you had the older people playing. On the other side of the court, you had the younger and you kind of just got your bumps and bruises by moving up the ladder of where you could play at on that court. And it was every day, every day but Friday we played and you knew you knew who was good, you knew who wasn't good, like like it was just everybody i felt in zion at the time that it was open gym was literally there and then just afterwards like afterwards everybody it was just so peaceful or it was just so the younger kids like leaving there at nine o'clock or whatever the older kids would make sure that everybody has somebody to walk with home things of that nature made sure it was just like it gave you the feeling that the community really took care of itself. So the Herman Park Leisure Center is probably the thing growing up 
that I can point to say that I, I love the love the most. It had the people who uh like my brother he used to be in this group called the icy rock posse they'll be in the back dancing and doing whatever they did but you know like so they did their thing it was very very like you just knew the whole community that lived there and just the way everybody took care of it watched out for each other regardless mm -hmm. that that was i think that's part was part of the beauty of growing up in zion yes. at the time i did I love that. Okay. I love that. I definitely have some community moments in my life growing up, just in one key too. So I love that. Okay, I love that. Now, Q's place, I feel like, is known for a few things now. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So I, you let me know if I'm wrong. I'm gonna just name what I think. You know. Okay. The lemon pepper wings. Yeah, the lemon pepper wings is uh I would like to say, if I'm being honest, it's a recipe out of Atlanta. Oh shit. Okay. Uh yeah. So <laughs> like uh I ooh, how how I explain it when I was down in Atlanta. So backstory, what I what I do a lot with like recipes and things of of that nature. I go a lot of places due to basketball, like AU tournaments to traveling with the college team and things of that nature. So usually on an off day. I try to find a certain restaurants or things like that where I would like to learn how they do things. Mm -hmm. And I'll literally tell the owner, hey, you got a dishwasher for four hours mm -hmm. or five hours, or you got a runner, or you got somebody who will deliver. And all I want to do is sit down, talk shop, talk about recipes, mm -hmm. talk about how you do different things. Okay. So um, lemon pepper, the way like, like a lot of people up here in the north, they think lemon pepper is just sprinkle some lemon pepper seasoning that somebody made on top of chicken. Mm -hmm. Not quite quite the way. So I would like to say my lemon pepper comes from Magic City in in Atlanta. Nice. Okay. So you I I knew the chef there, and you would think like strip club, everybody come on telling the strip club had the best wings I in time. Uh, yeah, that's that's what they was telling me. So my cousin introduced me to the head chef there. They had me wash dishes for three or four hours. And then we went over the lemon pepper, like how you take the butter, you bathe it in the butter with the garlic, with the lemon pepper seasoning. And then you make sure, like they like to say down the south, fried hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> make sure it's fried hard. Mm -hmm. And then you just run it through there. and You put the glaze of garlic over the top. Bam. There you go. Bam, and, bam. and then so people up here who are used to, you know, lemon pepper being put some lemon pepper right. seasoning on it, like you get that taste of that butter and the garlic and there you go. And, bam, bam. and then people when I was eating food and meat, yes. Yeah. I definitely was up there yeah. those fire. I love those. Okay, Magic mm. City. I might have to pull up just for the and then you got the Long Islands. Yes. So what is the whole backstory with that? Because you got like an assortment of flavors. Well, well, what I tried to do with the, the 41 different flavors, I tried to get like, tried to break it up into where it's almost like 41 segments of 
like my mood or life I was in at the time. So like it's like some of them have backstories. Some of them, you know, some of them are about people like that type of type of thing. But uh, when I was 21 and like I said, I turned that house into the party house. The, fir the first thing we did was, you know, those sparkling spring jugs. Where it used to be, this will date me too, where instead of having the jug of water in your refrigerator, you had this little thing that was sparkling spring that was right next to you where they <laughs> delivered. You oh, put the water yeah. on top of the thing. It, oh, the water. Yeah, the water cooler that go bloop, bloop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have your cold water all the time. Well, me being me, I took the thing off. I canceled my water subscription and I would just make Long Island out of it. <laughs> so, like, and the, the funniest thing is one of my roommates once when I was there, parents were, mom was very, very religious. And like some of the things she was seeing, she was, oh, I need something to drink. And nobody decided to tell her that why she was. Oh, no, she didn't. Yeah, no, she did that, not. That sparkling spring was she all. She smelled that. Nah, you can't. Because it's cold. Oh, my God. Yeah. And. Uh, that gulp that she took, oh man! <laughs> to this day, I might be she some kind lit. of yeah. She I might, <laughs> I might be some kind of devil right now. To this day, <laughs> to this day, like she was like, who would do that? I'm dead. Uh, and then, like when people used to, you can't obviously just drink rum, tequila, vodka, and gin. Like so, I would always have my mixers over there, okay. and I'd mix mix different things and then that's how the 41 so i thought like that i have yeah, that i have this restaurant i should you know since long islands was a big thing that i i would do i should put my moods of like so if you kind of look at the menu and you read some of the stuff like some people be like oh i remember when or mm -hmm. i remember this or i remember that okay so, i like that that's creative yeah no I'm not too creative of a person, but I guess <laughs> when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> oh, you get crazy. You get crazy, mm -hmm. then, huh? No, which I must say, like the last three years owning the restaurant, I have slowed down the alcohol consumption really? a lot. Yeah. Like, here. As much as you used to? No, not even. I, so you don't be drinking while you there? No, 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 no. Maybe if it's somebody's birthday, I'll take a shot with somebody if I haven't seen anybody in a long time. I take a shot with them, but like I try to stay as you, you don't want to be that cliche of bar owner that becomes DUI person Very and drunk. True. So you're not lying. You're not lying about that. You're not lying about that. No, I love that though. That's creative as hell. I like that. Definitely a slur of flavors. I've had a few in my chest. Yeah, yeah no, they're they're pretty strong. They're pretty I'm strong. Not, uh, yeah, they're pretty strong. You like a liquor, you feel like you're a liquor connoisseur in a sense. Yeah, no, like not more of a connoisseur. I can tell people the the bad choices they're gonna make while they're doing. Like, hey, that down, slow that down. Things are gonna happen. Yeah, like things you don't want. Like, right, right. Like right now, you're on drink number where you might call your baby daddy. Not gonna be good. Like I'm just saying. Like, yes. No, you guys are going to like each other tonight. That's going to be the problem. <laughs> I'm dead. But no, Q's place is definitely a vibe. I feel like 
now since you have like what is it the Taco Tuesday? Yeah, Taco Tuesday. Taco it's Tuesday has been yeah. Up, yeah. Okay, and I feel like it's definitely a good vibe though. But when you hear people come to Q's place, what what's the vibe you want them to get from your Um, from my establishment, I I want everybody to be feel like like they're treated like their money that they're spending is like respect. Like I respect the like anybody who comes in. I don't care if you spend a dollar to two hundred dollars. That's important to me. Like, and it's important to me that you made the decision because there's so many other places you can go. Like that you came here to help support, or you like the food, or you like the Long Islands, or you just like the vibe that we have. And like, I try not to compare things, but like, I think it's a big thing to be able to have a place you can go to and you really realize that the staff and the people really appreciate you spending money there. Like, other than just like, oh, I'm here to just, you, you know, blah, 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 blah. No, we really appreciate this. Like, like we appreciate your company. We appreciate the the fact that you woke up today and you said, hey, let me get, let me get some Q's place. So, like, that's the idea I try to have with it. I love that. Oh. Okay. So, this money well spent every time. Yeah. Oh, thank, thank <laughs> every you. single time. Oh, I love that. You get me up in here with you. I try, I try. <laughs> no, I love that. So are you like a real chef chef or you just cook like sometimes? No, I'm a real chef chef. You know, you really like chef I like like people don't uh I think sometimes because a lot of people don't know but like but the people who do know they were like no no Q actually really really can cook. He okay. he really like everything that's on the menu like I'm the executive chef. I'm the one that put it all together. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. Things of that nature. And if it means anything, I did take one year in college. (laughs) 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 I did take one one year. The the one year I got through, I did, you know. Okay. But that was probably a very good year. You probably learned a lot, though. Yeah, I, truth be told, the, the the best part about it is I didn't know I was taking the class. Like, I literally, it was one of them. This will date me again. It was one of the ones where before the internet was up and pumping real well, when you went to school, you would literally have to get in line. You have to get up. Oh, to register? To go register, they'll have a whole bunch of tables <laughs> set up with different majors, different oh, yeah. minors and yes, things, cool. and you have to get in long lines to register. I know it's real easy you kids and they'd be <laughs> mad that, oh, how did the class get full already? I hit the button first. Like, no, we literally had to physically get in a line. And I remember my... Uh, one of my guys saying like, "Hey, uh, you athletes, well, we gotta have a minor too." Okay. And I'm like, oh, "A minor?" Uh-huh. And and <laughs> so I I looked up. I thought I had all my classes. I looked up and I said, "Which line, huh?" And then I thought I seen my next wife. I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's gorgeous." <laughs> so you 
<laughs> so I went in and got in line behind her. I was like, let me see if this works. Oh, hell no. So you don't want to follow her. Uh, That's how you got to follow her. And then I get up to the thing and they're like, culinary arts. Had no idea what culinary arts was. I'm like, well, uh, I was like, help me out. What what time what time class did she sign up for? And then I was at an 8.30 class of introduction. Right. Yeah, introduction. Good. To um, culinary arts, so and you couldn't just leave at that. Did you right. did you get the number? Did uh, you at least yeah, we actually went out a few times. Okay. All I was, right, all right now. I was probably yeah, at that time. I was probably a little too. I was probably partying a little too much for her. Like she could keep up with the first date, but like okay. she couldn't wake up the next day and still you know keep up the pace. So wow. like. It'll be, you know how college is. Okay. So, but the majority of my cooking came from my grandma, though. Like, okay. so, like, if the anything that I learned came from either um, me and my mom had a a restaurant in 03, 03 to about two thousand nine that I cooked in uh, with my grandma, mm -hmm. and and growing up. Uh, I didn't go to Zion Pitton. I went to St. Joe's and we had this thing called a rotating schedule. So with the rotating schedule, it was basically, it wasn't supposed to, but for me, I thought it meant like I didn't have to be in school till 1030 because I never missed the same <laughs> class twice. You know what I mean? <laughs> never missed the same class twice. And so like since the schedule's rotating, I just, so, and my grandma was one of those ladies who cooked breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So, yeah, like, so, like, literally, when she got done with breakfast, she started on lunch. And the fact that, you know, I'm not going to school to 11 o'clock every single day, like, I, and other thing is, my my neighbor was my grandma my whole time growing up. So that was great. So yeah. we lived in one house right next to was my grandma. Nice. So, like, I would always go over there. So she would always make me help, you know, yeah. start peeling the potatoes, separating the peas, stuff like that. So, like, obviously, I picked up on all the stuff where I kind of know what goes with what, what needs to be here, what needs to be there. And she was a lady that wrote everything down. So I still have her, you know, her cookbook with her different things with everything written down. So, like, I learned how to cook through that type of stuff. Then you add the fundamental stuff you learn in school and you put that together, you can at least put together some kind of menu that makes sense. I love it. Because shout out to grandmas, okay? Because grandmas yeah. is 30 now, it's different. Yeah. Shout out to the grannies, yeah. period. Shout out to the grannies. No, I love that though. My dad, that's actually how he learned how to cook. He's, mm. he's the cook. My mom. Sorry, mom. She don't cook, but my dad. That's how he learned. Learned what cooking with his mother and his grandmother, and he knows how to bake. And mm -hmm. you snap. I love that. Well, I was asking because you know we got a little trivia. Oh, I need to get your full expertise on some things. You know, see see whether or not it's, it's some food worth trying. It's overhyped or it's just played out. Mm -hmm. So, red lobster. Are you a fan of red lobster? Not at all. I think the best thing Red Lobster has ever given to us is the episode of um, with Riley and <laughs> with the biscuits, <laughs> the cheddar <laughs> baked biscuits. What's the name of that show? The boondocks. yeah, the Boondocks. 
which if people really look at the boondocks are so much on point with what everything and everything. <laughs> everything like every time i see these men at q's place with these purses on i just think of the episode oh, of shit. riley <laughs> wearing the dress in the purse yeah <laughs> right. like, no 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 no, no, no. My dad would roll over in his grave and come and <laughs> choke me if if I ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care how much money is in there. My dad would kill me. And he's dead. He would kill me if he ever see me with a purse on. <laughs> but, like, I have to realize, too, it's different times. It's different, different times. times different eras. It, like, a lot of people who first put a purse on probably, you know, they probably didn't have the strongest <laughs> male figure like in the house the way well, the way it is because I just I just could not see myself walking around with a purse on and my dead no. being uh it's yeah. no for me, no for me. Yeah. Okay, what about seafood boils? If done right. If done right, like uh what I see with the seafood boils that I don't like too much is people trying to do too much like you're trying to put too much seasoning in it you're trying to put too much of your own like let the shrimp be the winner <laughs> okay let the you know what i'm saying let, let the corn be the winner okay. like let let that good food that you you're putting on the plate be the winner like i tell my cooks all the time it's the reason i buy the expensive food is because that stuff's good <laughs> like you don't gotta cover it up like i'm not gonna buy a real cheap ground beef and try to sell a burger out of it <laughs> like no you buy the better ground beef Put some a little bit of seasoning on it. Not saying you don't need seasoning. Put some seasoning on it. Cook it the way the customer wants it, and give it to them. They'll like it. Okay. Don't try to Fair do your enough. own you your own mix with it. <laughs> you ain't lying. Okay. Seafood boils. Yeah. Uh, jerk anything. Cause it's a jerk um, frenzy going yeah. on right now. I, I think everybody loves the jerk. I love the lane of the jerk. Mm -hmm. It's just I'm not the personal fan of the, the jerk, but like I, I get where it's at, mm -hmm. and if it's done when it is done right, mm -hmm. the only issue with it is, and I I feel their pain, the 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 jerk places pain, the time consumption, mm -hmm. like so, to be done right. right to be done right, it takes a lot of time, and then you have to run that fine line on how much of my time is worth. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know people who individually, if you just needed a jerk meal tomorrow, be the best thing ever. Mm -hmm. But what happens when you try to make a restaurant out of it is 150 people need a jerk meal. So how much time are you willing to put in for those 150 people to be able to have a jerk meal? That's why, like, I'm not putting any places out there or anything, because I care if I get bad, I understand where you're coming from. Where I'm saying is, like, that's why it's a lot of, like, hey, I had it on Monday. It was better than it was on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Because it's just the time consumption of, uh, of making it. Like, that's true. You want to think about that. I had one of um I ordered from one of the home chefs that like uh like sell plates and stuff and they made me uh I wanna say it was 
a jerk chicken on top of some noodles. That was some of the best stuff I ever had. Mm-hmm. It was like a jerk pasta salad. It was, it was great, you know. And then I, I was talking to him about it. And he, he was like, yeah, I want to bring it to a, I want to bring it, you know, out here, like where I do this. And I said, how much time did it take mm-hmm. you to make that? He said, oh, I said, it takes about, you know, an hour and 30 minutes. I was like, you realize you're making this for mm-hmm. <laughs> hundreds and hundreds yeah. of people yeah. like that. And that's where you can come up with, that's where you can come up short because you're going to either be. Yeah, I'm, I'm over the jerk and everything. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. I love jerk seasonings, but right. It's time for something done right. You can't get it everywhere. That's how I feel. Yeah. I don't need it right there. So. Okay, what about key lime pie? I've never been a fan. Like, yeah, we're, they, uh, I've never made anybody actually like that. Uh, that's, yeah, somebody is. It's, a little, it's like I used to say about the Spice Girls. Hey, y'all <laughs> act like y'all don't like this album. Somebody bought 10 million of it. Hey, I, lie, <laughs> I definitely had a Spice Girls. Album. I was like, uh, the Spice Girls I had, had to be under somebody's. Movie, yeah. but, so you're right. <laughs> I was one of 10 million. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, 10 million people bought okay. this album. <laughs> Like, don't tell me I'm the only one <laughs> that think this is halfway decent. Like, 10 million people got this thing. Okay. What about sushi? I love it. I want to say out of all the cultures, Japan, they got it right. Like, when it comes to how the Japanese cook, man, the Japanese can cook. Like, the, you think of, you can't think of one bad Japanese recipe. Like the, the the way they can cook with hot, cold, and like Japan has it right when it comes to cooking. The way they can make something as simple as a ramen noodle be like some of the best things you've ever had. Like where do they do that at? <laughs> where they can take rice. Where they do Think about it. We're, we're going to take rice, raw fishes, and we're going to add oils and sesame seeds and stuff, and you're going to eat it, and you're going to be like, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I want to. I would probably say out of all the cuisines, Japan is on top when it comes to when it comes to cooking. Okay, I'm gonna have to give me some some, some more of that food. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. I love. Sushi. Especially for you, you going um, vegan? Oh man, like they they still take care of you guys. <laughs> A little bit of rice, carrots. I like Yeah, like oh yeah, they'll make. No. <laughs> no, I like that. Okay, school. Last one, cheese grits. Love it. Are you the sugar and the grits person, or are you a salt? Pepper? I'm salt, salt pepper. I'm salt pepper and a fried egg. Oh, okay. But the key is the key is though that your grits are hot enough that you make your egg sunny side up. That when you flip the egg on top of it, the grits will cook the rest of the egg, and then you stir it up. You have a great, you have a great little meal there. Okay. And then, then for what you call for the New Orleans people, they'll add shrimp into it. Yeah, I've not had shrimp. Yeah, yeah, like they add shrimp. I've just had without without the egg. Yeah, Yeah, the the, the egg is a game changer. (laughs) The egg is a game changer. Game changer. You gotta flip it over though to make sure. The, the sunny side start cooking. Wait a minute. You, you'll be like, man, I've never had it better. Damn. Schooling me. 
at the age where she's a little bit older than me. She's at the age where it used to be a very big thing to where you did not leave the house until you were ready to leave the house. So she comes from that schooling area of that. Of like when you wake up, you make your bed. Nobody knew why you had to make your bed when you woke up, but <laughs> you made your bed when you woke up. So she's under the thing of like, hey, you wake up, you get ready to go do what you do. So you're prepared to do what you do. And then you go do it. Now, if a girl is out in a bonnet or something or things of that nature, she's taking it more of the side of who raised you. Yeah. Like you're not ready for your day. You're still trying to, it's, it's kind of, of the idea of you're hustling backwards. Okay. You're trying to get your day done, and you never got prepared for it. Do you feel like it, it's it's bad representation more so because it's more black women doing it? Like if white girls or Asian girls or Mexican girls were going out and buying as much as they profess black women to do it, would this even be a problem? Um, not the well because in that nature, see, well, one of the things that I try not to compare is just to compare like general black or general white, general Asian or general Mexican. Mm -hmm. What you want to probably say is in that situation, what, what you want to probably say is I say it comes to economic status. Mm -hmm. Like the reason she has her bonnet on probably is because she had so much to do that she didn't have time to wrap her hair basically. Like if we're going to look at it at that nature. Now, if somebody who, you know, is coming from a well-to-do spot has a nanny, has this, has that, doesn't have as much to do as somebody who's handling a lot of stuff on her own. So when you say that, like, we would have to, if we're going to compare one to the other, you have to go to a place where if you're comparing black to white, you have to go to, if you're getting one person that's not that economically along and doesn't have that help, you have to compare that to somebody on the other side who's the same. You can't compare 
somebody walking with a bonnet who's, you know, got so much on their plate to a rich teen in the suburbs who have nothing on their plate. So your hair better be done. Like you, you don't have this struggle or this thing for, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't have to run real quick to get this or to get that because it's already there. So like I always try to compare things. If you're going to compare it, compare the same economic like state, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure if, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to get, if you go to neighborhoods where um, black families are a little bit more affluent, you're not going to get the bonnet because, you know, they already have prepared for the day. Everything has mm-hmm. been situated and things like that. But basically where Monique is coming from is from an older school of like, before you leave this house, you get everything done. Like you make sure the dish is done. You make sure your room is clean. Like you don't leave this house with nothing being un- un- unturned. And then, then when she sees that, she's thinking probably from a state of like, basically who raised you? Like, why did your mama let you get out the house with a watch card? Like, I remember getting prepared for school when we were going uh, to school and my mom would just be like braiding the kid, braiding my sister's hair, you know, making sure everything is basically perfect before she sends her out to school. And I'm thinking like, it's just school, you know what I'm saying? But it was a real big thing to make sure that every single day my sister's hair was done. My like, especially for ladies, too, because it's a very old, older school thing where she made sure that everything was done. And then, if you look at it, if you look at from where those aunties and those grandmas are coming from, they're coming from a, a world or of America that has never really looked out for them. Yeah. Like just now, you're starting to get more African American products mm-hmm. on on the shelf that you can go get, where you don't need to have like a middleman of a middleman of a middleman to get some curl on grease for your hair. You know what I'm saying? Or some moisturizer. Like I used to think it was crazy going into Walgreens and the the black lady section was like this big to a whole, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, so they got all that to choose from and you guys got this green grease and, <laughs> and a hot comb. Like it shouldn't, you know, like, so the world is just now adjusting. Like we're adjusting to black women having, I ain't going to say equal cause it'll never be equal access, right. but uh, access to product. And you you can see like you can see just from the growth of it on like just like the growth of the products and how much is being spent on these products that it was needed for years. Like I'm not a big fan of you know bundles and all that stuff, but you can see like it's a billion dollar, <laughs> so building the billion dollar industry. Like so. Like somebody was saying, hey, this is what we want and what we need. So basically, we have to think about the woman's life and perspective. What could possibly she be going through in a sense for her to maybe have this kind of job? That's just what I got from all of that. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Like, what's called it? It has more. Like, somebody like, like for for instance, uh, somebody like my mom wouldn't have a bonnet on, but she comes from a different era. Mm-hmm. 
Now, will her daughter? Probably not because my mom has, you know, has um, always made enough where it wasn't a lot of stress on Mm -hmm. her. Now, what do we say about her her grandkids, maybe? Mm -hmm. Like, like, Like you don't know. I think it's one of the things like how guys wear do rags, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and for for each is their own, and it's always a different avenue or a different. Well, what's the word I'm looking for? A different opinion mm-hmm. on time and place. Okay. I'm a big time and place guy. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's a place for everything. Okay. But you know. And that's part of Monique trying to be one that's trying to, you know, reach down to the younger generation mm-hmm. and trying to assess them without trying to make them embarrass them or yeah. make them mad. So she's trying to do the the older representative. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly. So. I, I appreciate that. Okay. I just wondered being a man and just seeing your perspective. It's such a controversial topic for whatever reason right now, and, and it's just—I don't know—it's just interesting. Now, granted, I'll I, tell you I this. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. This will never probably happen in the history uh, of men. Nobody's going to ever be like, you know what? Seeing Shorty would have bought it on. Can't date her no more. Yeah, <laughs> like, no. like that's not. I mean, nigga, no, I'm not even going to call her anymore. <laughs> yeah, like, not even going to call her. <laughs> you see that bonnet she had? No. I can't not even do it no more, bro. Can't even do it. She was out in the bonnet. Like, no, like that's not, not going to happen. Right. So, like, until that type of stuff yeah. starts happening. Like, I tell people, I could uh, I, I could probably, like, if I could get all women to listen to me for two weeks, I could probably stop, like, all gun violence and everything in, in our community. I'd just be like, you guys don't date anybody who might shoot somebody. <laughs> then everybody's going to stop shooting people. Like, I ain't shooting nobody, bro. Like, I ain't got it in me, bro. Like, like my girl going to leave me. and uh-uh-uh. Like, yeah, y'all can have all that. <laughs> have it completely. Like, like this. So what else can we expect from you this year? I mean, you're still doing your basketball and your coaching as well. Yeah. So, well Q's still open. Yeah, Q, Q's are, oh, basically what I want to do, this is the idea probably for the next, well, what I put on, and for you guys who want to be future entrepreneurs, what I would say some of the best advice I ever had was a business plan that you update every month. Like, you just keep on, so you never get stale, you never get, your ideas don't get lost, you don't lose an idea to to piece back the idea when you forgot about half about it. You just keep on, you open you up a Word doc on whatever you, and when those ideas come, you put it in your business plan. So basically what the the idea, what I, I would like to do is we will be most likely in February, we will be changing locations. So we're going to um, basically get a bigger location to, to house more people. Things of that nature. And then once I get that up and going, um, I'm thinking about adding or getting into media like you are, adding a media center where, you know, saying where the media center is a base of all local advertising to be able to reach 
the media people and the local people that need the local advertising and try to put that, those two together and see where that go. And then after I get that going, maybe get something up and going where it's a little bit more. Because I've always tried to keep Q's place away from the club look or the club scene or actually to give people a nice lounge club type that they can go lay back, kick it, get home nice and safe and everything's cool. You know, like I understand, you know, saying I understand how in a local area clubs and stuff can get stale or clubs can get, you know, things of that nature. So just to have a local place where when you don't want to go to the city, when you don't want to go, you you can come, have a good time, be chill, be comfortable, and everybody can win. That's kind of like an acceptance speech. Huh? Really <laughs> what am I saying? I, <laughs> I feel like I need to be talking about that. Uh, no, but I definitely agree with that. I'm getting to an age now where I'm definitely past making long drives to party. Right. Um, I go to the city for a lot more business now, but yeah, like as far as kicking it or just having a good time, nobody want to drive an hour, yeah. you know, 45, 50 minutes. You finna go drink, then you gotta drive. You know, yeah. nobody want to do all that. You want to be in 20%, 20 minutes. Proximity. I, I tell people all the time. <laughs> Shit. I used to call it the two-week curse where whoever driving, everybody say they're going to stay up with you until they get to two-week. And everybody's not out. <laughs> <laughs> then it's just the driver. When you're you coming home from sh yeah, Chicago, you once it, once you get past two-week, everybody's knocked out. You are by yourself. <laughs> yeah, you are by yourself. Right, yeah. Oh, that's dope, though. I love that. So, February. You're looking to have a new location. Yes, yes, yes. I'm in plans to get in a new location. And so we'll, we'll see how it all goes. Well, I'm, I'm ready yeah. for you. Definitely need to have me up in the you know media realm. Yeah. yeah. I told you we'll always talk about that. Like, it's always, like, I think um, this new media that you guys doing, like, this is the, the, the golden age of it where it's like the Wild Wild West. Anything can go. Like, I've seen... Like I was telling you earlier, I seen somebody go from three thousand to five thousand in one week. Uh, subscribers and information is everything. So, okay, y'all open today. Y'all open yes. right now. Oh, we're open weekend. every day. We're we're open every day from. Y'all gotta pull up. You you can you can game from eleven to twelve, and then we start serving food from twelve to eleven on the weekdays. And then on the weekends, you can game from 11 a.m. to 12, and then we're 12 to 1 o'clock. Now, for everybody, because this is starting to become a little bit of an issue on Taco Tuesday, please get there early because the kitchen is closing at 10. I can't continue to make <laughs> I can't continue to make my to wear my staff out and my cooks out. Like you guys gotta real, realize they have done thousands of tacos on Taco Tuesday because it's such a big day. The last thing they're trying to do because somebody tries to come in at eleven is make some tacos when they they've been cleaning up the thousands of tacos that they have made the whole day. Like it makes it hard on me. It makes it hard on the cooks. It's just one of those things. So please, if the dollar tacos is what you're coming from for on Taco Tuesday, please get there before nine o'clock to get your tacos. It's still tacos on time. And I must <laughs> I must say shout out to DJ Gold because he's the one who really, 
you know, set me down and said, you know what, you're selling a lot of tacos. Let's turn it up to a different level. Him and one of my servers, Lissette, they were the ones who really, they really said, okay, let's turn this into, instead of it just being a day where you sell thousands of tacos, let's turn it to a community event where everybody's going. And I must say Paul Adams, too. He He's the one who said, let's add the car. Let's everybody come out with the car where they come out with outside and you know and it is a vibe it yeah. really is though it's live music it's people dancing it's drinks flowing it's just a vibe i i, I love taco tuesday yeah. it's a vibe absolutely yeah, so. i love it i love it i love it mm. i do have the address listed as well in the description down below make sure y'all check that out as well and pull up to the place get get a special say robin e you saw it on the show mm. I'll make sure I'll make sure I take care of you guys. <laughs> Look, you like no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but I appreciate you for coming on. I always feel like you drop a lot of knowledge just about life in general when you talk about stuff. And I feel like you said a lot of in-depth things very quickly that people will probably were like, damn, I ain't I know, especially when you start talking about the house situation. I knew then you was gonna be dropping some gems. So <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate you for doing that. I definitely do appreciate you. All right, thank you. <laughs> Thank y'all for tuning in. As always, make sure you subscribe to Pillow Talk Podcast, streaming on all major platforms as well as iHeartRadio. Appreciate y'all sending love and light.